0: And folks, you're turning into our first episode of the week, and this episode is brought to you by jet lag. <laughs> I, I, okay, so we were going to record on Wednesday, Tuesday night, Tuesday night, we were going to record. Mm,
1: yes, you were quite,
0: I was good. I was, good, I was ready and I was excited. And then all of a sudden, ha, <laughs> bam, hit. By a semi truck at like 9 45 oh like, it was it was earlier than that was it Out oh yeah
1: it was like 7 45 because we were gonna record at 8 30.
0: yeah it wasn't going great it wasn't going great for me and then life is difficult in the middle of the week for me with other allegations and tonight folks the semi truck returned but I care about you all too much to not make the content.
1: I would also like to know that if this episode goes to shambles, I did tell him that we didn't have to record.
0: No, that one's on me. If this one falls absolutely flat on his face, it's because I was stubborn. (laughs) So that we needed to release content this week, but we do, we do. Because at least like, it's not like, if this were going to be like a super depressive episode where we were like, talking about just like the six loss in a row for the jackets and like things were just like big big bad things are still bad like don't get it fucked up like things are still bad mm-hmm. <laughs> like, maybe i mean one reason. one
1: would say even though things were good
0: things got progressively more bad yeah maybe worse <laughs> like, so we'll get there but man oh man yeah i mean even when the blue jackets win it feels like they lose but but yeah, so that helps. I think that that helps the energy level because if we had to get on here and talk about like not only the losses in Finland, but then also a loss to the to the Flyers, which I was afraid we were going to have to at one point, this would just be a really sad and depressing and tired episode, literally and figuratively tired episode. But we don't have to do that. So Laura, I've been hit by a bus, and I have experienced jet lag like no other. I thought I was, I thought I was immune. Our friend Danny is convinced that she is immune to jet lag and she did pretty well on the trip but i will tell you what i am not and that is immune to this so laura how are you doing <laughs> on this? um, um a wonderful thursday night
1: i am currently experiencing a slight temporary relief from the migraine that i've had for the last 24 hours so oh.
0: That's a win,
1: you know I um, have alluded to it a little bit on the show, but um have had health things the last few months, and since the start of the health things, a uh, a type of migraine that I've gotten my entire life, like literally since I was a child, I'm like a human barometer every time a storm front, anytime the weather changes drastically or if the temperature temperature changes drastically. I feel it in my skull. Like, I just am very sensitive to the weather. And, um, but ever since all this other stuff started, my headaches, which normally pretty much existed like all across my forehead, um, have now migrated to strictly behind my left eye and like on the left side of my head. So,
0: it's not ideal.
1: It's not ideal, really. and so it's slightly giving me a little bit of reprieve right now, but.
0: Well, that's a win. So, what I'm hearing is that the panacea to a migraine that really focuses in behind your left eye is the Blue Jackets finally figuring some stuff out on the ice.
1: <laughs> you know, maybe. Because I did feel we- joy, and th- I hear that like uh, serotonin can be good for pain and so so, and so forth so potentially
0: we can't can't say for certain that that wasn't it (laughs) it might be
1: the excedrin migraine
0: finally kicking in no it's the blue or the
1: homemade medicine ball that i made (laughs) because i'm poor
0: Um, i still think it's hilarious that our friend corinne bought stuff to make homemade medicine balls probably three years ago and all of the ingredients still sit on her shelf because she i don't know that she's ever made one
1: well in all fairness mine have sat on my shelf for like six months but are coming in high use the last couple of days I and if you're not that. familiar with what a medicine ball, it's a drink at Starbucks that's a combination of two different teas. Yeah, because what is it called steamed now? lemonade and honey?
0: What, um, what do they call it? It's like the jazz white, jazz, no, like something like that, right? Like it's like it's the white jazz.
1: Yeah, because it's peach tea and it's like a green mint tea. I don't know. The guy corrected me the other day when I did actually get one from Starbucks. Um but I was like, I'm still calling it that. So
0: here we are. So oh my god. Of course my safari would stop working the second I looked this up. A honey citrus mint tea is how you would order it at Starbucks now. Yes. In case anyone's looking for uh a... that was actually the the drink that sponsored our, my move to Michigan, if you remember right. We both got I one do. on our way home because we were fighting what I'm going to call pre-COVID. Because it was like another week later and we had COVID. But, and uh, um, we were, fighting, and we hard were hard. fighting
1: at the same time. I
0: was just yelling at you for not understanding that you were allowed to be loved by people. So I feel <laughs> like I was winning that fight. But, we'll yes, but if that. you
1: also remember, we were in that phase of like, not talking in the car and i at the same time was allowing my medicine ball to burn the shit out of my one hand
0: it's so hot I and remember not and just not
1: really say hot. anything to you because
0: <laughs> it's so hot
1: because they didn't have the sleeves and they just put double cups on them and they and like I- then the the moisture caught it itself dripped. in the lid and then tripped it, it was bad it's like a second degree burn on my one hand, but it's fine.
0: Well hey, if you're not busy at the end of January, I need to move again. So if you
1: You got it. I may (laughs) have to fly there though, because I don't think I can drive
0: myself. In in January, yeah. I I probably wouldn't let you do that either. But but yes, so I I feel like a honey citrus mint tea would be lovely for me right now. I feel like that would be like even if it's not that I have a cold, I feel like it would be really what I need. But But yeah, man, it has been a wild, wild week. So tomorrow will be one week since the Blue Jackets played their first game in, or I guess today as people are listening, will be one week since the Blue Jackets played their first of two games in Finland in the NHL Global Series. And folks, like we're not telling you anything you don't already know about what happened on the ice, like, wasn't great. Like, it was bad. Like, it was just, like, pretty much, like, for the most part, four and a half to five periods of, like, not good hockey for the Blue Jackets and maybe, like, one to one and a half periods of hockey where they looked competitive. The on-ice product in Finland was was not great. It was really not great, and it left the, the most popular Finn on the team saying that, you know, perhaps it would have been better if the trip never happened. <laughs> So, so little yeah. rough work.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you could say that the Friday game was the better of the two games. Oh, without Because a doubt. there was like a small moment in time where we did like power through and tie it up and things looked, you know, kind of promising. And then that all flew out the window um, pretty quickly. But yeah, it was... Um, there's just not a whole lot to talk about regarding the two games because they just were so, we just were so bad. And I mean, it has led into what we're going to probably talk about and like assume what conversations were had and what things were said and things that have been said to the public since returning from Finland. But I think the biggest takeaway from that is the comments from Patrick, which were, you know, uh, I I think that this was a, he he literally said I think this was a waste of our time and that um, you know the trip just shouldn't have happened and I know that in Patrick's a very passionate person and also Finnish people as well as Europeans in general are known for being pretty straightforward and I think he was just in the moment incredibly disappointed to be in his hometown to play I mean you can speak to this more obviously because you were there but patrick line is a a a celebrity is a superstar in finland and especially in tempere like and we just ate shit like there's no other way to describe it we just ate shit on a world stage and so i don't blame him for you know, feeling that way. And I'm sure looking back, he might think I probably could have worded this a little bit better. Um, you know, cause obviously I think he wanted to be in Finland, but he wanted to not look like a garbage fire in Finland. So
0: yeah, it's, and, and it's, it's a lot. And our unofficial uh, Finnish correspondent Sila, um, did make mention to us after after that interview that also in in a Finnish outlet, that he said a very similar thing, but did a better job or maybe it it translated better in Finnish by saying, You know, obviously, like, the stuff that's happening away from the ice is cool, but at the end of the day, like, we came here to do a job, and that was to win hockey games, and we didn't do it, so therefore, this is a waste of our time. It wasn't necessarily like uh, coming to Finland was a waste of our time as much as it was playing these games the way that we did when our job as hockey players is to win games is – this was where this was a waste of my time. (laughs) So it was like, definitely like, and maybe that was like a second interview that he did. And maybe he had a chance to like more collected thoughts, but that was more, I think of what he was trying to say. And I get it like that. I understand, right? Like, especially him. He's a competitive guy. Like he wants to win and he know for sure he wants to win on that kind of a stage. I think more so like, you know, we were, we were talking about it while we were there is game one in that series, Miko Rantanen, who is not from tampere the same way that the patrick line was but you know also from from finland nets a hat trick in the first game which like you said to for the most part was competitive until it wasn't you know for for that to happen tomiko Rantanen, and then to have you know we we talked you know oh well the home game for the jackets will be the night that patty scores a hat trick right like we were like this is perfect uh, oddly enough, the only two players that have ever scored hat-tricks away from North America are Miko Rantanen and Patrick Laine. Patrick Laine did it in 2018 when the Jets played in Helsinki. And and obviously Miko Rantanen did it last week in Finland when the Jackets and, and the Avalanche met up. And so we were all like, oh yeah, for sure, this is Patrick Laine's night night two and I'll tell you what that night two it was no blue jackets night except for potentially Ionis Corposalo who even though the score sheet might show you that he did not play a fantastic game anytime you give up five goals it's not great but he was solid like he had like really great moments in that game where he looked calm and confident even though he was getting shelled out there from a product of a really, really shoddy defensive system (laughs) in Finland.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, and it's even, you know, I've noticed as both teams returned to the States, like, it's almost like we shit the bed so much that, like, the Avs and the NHL just, like, didn't even want to talk about the Global Series anymore because they were, like, the Avs just, like, took all their money and ran. Like, they just... It was embarrassing.
0: (laughs) I have a real problem with the way that the league advertised this to begin with. Like, I really think the marketing for this whole thing was shit, like, in some ways, right? Like,
1: well, they didn't even
0: put us on the major networks. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like, and and I think that that was also true of the global series in Prague with, with, I think it was in Prague, right? With Nashville and San Jose. I also don't think that that was on any major network and it just blows my mind. Cause like whenever stuff like that happens, like the NFL, the NFL is actually in the midst of doing a, a few games right now in Europe. They just had the, I think actually the weekend that we were over there, I think the Jaguars and somebody. fuck like, I know. Yes. Cause our
1: friends at the UK blue jackets, Twitter yeah. account went to the Jaguars game
0: yeah and so then I'm pretty sure the Buccaneers and somebody else are playing in Germany this weekend. so like they're they're like all over there. and even if like even if not like CBS or Fox having those games, the NFL network has it. and now, to be fair, the NHL network did did show the two global series games. So I guess you can make the comparison there between the NFL network and the NHL network, but all of that to say, I just don't think the NHL did a great job of, of advertising these games and marketing these games. You know, it, it kind of just feels like a little blip in the radar and maybe the end goal is like, and, and this is kind of how it felt because when you were there, all you could see was advertisement about the fact that that game was happening. So maybe they just focus on advertising it in the home countries. Maybe they did that also in Czechia, like with Prague. Like, I don't know, but it's just like a very fascinating thing that the NHL just didn't put a lot of effort into marketing this global series.
1: Yeah. But you would think too, I mean, obviously it didn't compare in the slightest to what they do to promote the stadium series and the outdoor games and stuff here in the States. But you would think at least with the abs being the reigning Stanley cup champions that you would put a little, I don't know, a little effort to encourage fans in the States to watch the games. Like, you know, maybe just a little like to respect your reigning, reigning champions and stuff. Um, But Who knows? And maybe when this was initially supposed to happen in 2020, they did have a plan to like do that. But now that it's, you know, two and a half years later and, you know, there's all sorts of things. Who knows? But it just was disappointing to not have it be not have it feel more special over in the States.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's the thing that you all you would hope for, especially because it's like it's hard, right? To like, how do you like get excited for a two p.m. game, or how do you do these kind of other things, like especially on a Friday, right? Like, what are you doing on a Friday to try to like drum up like, drum up excitement to try to like get people to take a half day to like go and watch the game? Like, what kind of things are you doing? And I, I just don't think that that it happened, which was really unfortunate. But but like I said, like you couldn't you couldn't go anywhere in in the area without knowing that there was a, an NHL global series happening there that weekend. It was fascinating. And in a lot of ways, I would say probably 95% of, of the crowd was what were native Finns. You had probably 5% of the crowd. I, in talking to Catherine Dobbs, the the VP of marketing for the blue jackets, um, you know, she mentioned that she had counted probably about like 600 Blue Jackets fans that made the trip either as part of the fan tours, as individuals, as members of the traveling group, roughly five to 600 people made that trip, um, which I do think was probably more, and this is like just anecdotally, like I could be talking out of my ass here. It wouldn't be the first time. I would say that there were more, blue jackets fans that traveled from the state than abs fans but i will say that the fins seemed to be more supportive of the abs than they did of the blue jackets which did kind of surprise me uh but i think a lot of that too right is like the stanley like you said laura the reigning stanley cup champions there's like just some like appeal there to root for the team that you know is good and I get that and I I didn't get the impression that like it's because like Miko Rantanen is like so much more infinitely popular in Finland than Patrick Laine is like I don't know that that I would make that argument at all but that just seemed to kind of be the the mo there and it was really fun to see like at the fan they did a fan day on on the Thursday before the game to do like practice and what have you and for the abs practice specifically, there was a group of kids that like just like lined the bench behind the abs, and were just like chanting every single time Miko Rantanen came by. They were just chanting Miko, 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 and it was crazy to see. And then you had, you know, that same fan day. You had Cole Cillinger give his stick to a kid who has never probably heard of Cole Cillinger before that moment, and the kid immediately, like without like any hesitation, started to cry. And Cole Cylinder just, like, hugged the kid, like, to, like, say, like, hey, like, you know, this is awesome. Like, that was probably, like, if anything, if I had to say that anything was really, really, really special about watching all of that, it's just, like, you know me, like, and you know you are a product of this. Like, my favorite thing is, like, bringing people to their first ever NHL game. Like, I love that. And it was really cool to be in a space where you knew that probably, like, 75 to 80% of the people who were there were at their first ever NHL game. Like, that's, like, you don't – there aren't environments like that, right, like, in the States. Like, if you go to an NHL game here, at least 60% of the people have been to a game before. Like, it's just not as, as unique as that was, and that was really, really cool. And you saw a lot of kids become really big fans of players that like probably make no sense because of the way they played. So that was that was neat. And obviously, like I would be remiss if I didn't take a second to just like shout out the wonderful travel group that I was there with, like, and that took me under their wings, and that was none other than the the Swiss bastard himself, Michael Neff. I fucking love Michael Neff. What a man to watch a hockey game with. Um, Syla. I know everybody knows Syla. We've talked about Syla plenty of times on this show. Um, If you are in Columbus and you are able to go to a Blue Jackets game the week of January 14th through the 22nd or whatever it is, um, go to one of those games to meet Syla because she's coming to Columbus. And there is probably not a kinder soul on this planet than Syla. I... First of all, also she was like my finished Craigslist plug. Like she was like everything that I needed her to be in. More, she is really truly like one of a kind, and I love her dearly. Um, then you've got Danny Smith at the Danny Hockey. If you're into TikTok stuff, at the Danny Smith on Twitter. If you want to see her, absolutely shit on whoever has any desire to interact with her. Um, do it there. And then Bucket Hat Kyle, my guy. What a what a human. It was just really cool to, to be there with them. And it makes a lot of things feel a lot more comfortable when you're traveling with people who also have no fucking idea what they're (laughs) doing, except for Sila. Sila, I mean, like we're in her hometown, right? Like Sila's from Tampere. Like she was like, we went to a lot of really cool places because we knew a local. So that was a plus. If you've never been to a Finnish sauna, consider it. But also, oh my God, that was the wildest thing I've ever put my body through my body has seen some shit. So like keep that as a, as a frame of reference, but all in all, just an absolutely fucking batty trip that I don't know that I ever would have gone to Finland before that trip, but now I can't wait to get back. Like what a place like that was just exceptional. The people were exceptional and the hockey was not great. (laughs) Moral of the story from Finland. Is, is exactly that. But I think some things that happened in Finland, like you mentioned, carried over pretty pretty rapidly. Also, Jeff Sabota, Jeff Sabota is another person I have to say, like, shout out to him because he was also great. But a lot of things traveled over, I think, with them. And that is whether that's conversations that they had as a result of the games in Finland, whether that's lineup changes that they made as a result, whether that's Corpy getting the start on Thursday against the Flyers, right? Like there's a lot of things that carried over, Laura. And to your point, a lot of comments made after the trip about the trip. So talk to me a little bit about like some of your takeaways from, from all of the things that then came back to the States and your opinion from that trip to Finland.
1: Um, Well, first, I'm very glad that you had a good time when you were over there. So, um, and I'm glad that you had good people to have that experience with. Um, But yeah, I mean, things kept trekking over here and social media kept being the um, somewhat garbage fire that it is, um, especially when your team isn't playing well. But I think pretty instantaneously... You know, things start flying both with some legit- legitimacy and with some just like, what the hell are you talking about? But um, after Friday's game, uh, leading into Saturday's game, it was rumored that Yarmo um, had had a decently long conversation with Lars on the plane ride over to Finland. And so that got everyone sort of stirring around about like, well, if we lose today, like, what is this going to look like? And obviously, you know, we we lost pretty big on Saturday. And um, it's just it's a lot to be, you know, I, I like to be somewhat of a glass half full person when it comes to this team because especially this early on in the season because like there's 82 games in total and as of tonight we've played 13 and so in the scheme of things and if you understand math like that's not exactly like a huge chunk of the season and yes it hasn't been great um but it's also one of those things where it's like I'm not ready to to wave the white flag, and I don't think that the team is either. I think that what is happening is just a massive, there's too many cooks in the kitchen, and there's not enough direction. And so, of course, after Saturday's loss, and as the team prepared to fly back to the U.S., you know, everyone's talking like, this is going to be a long plane ride home for everyone, like, is... Are they gonna touch down in Columbus? And is Lars still gonna have a job? Um, you know, are we gonna get back? And, you know, according to social media, um, Patrick and Johnny were gonna be demanding trades to another team, like all this just insanity and that Elvis would be traded away and like just all of this sort of insanity and not that I don't think that some pretty major and significant conversations happened on the plane ride home. Um, but I think more so things happened now that they're back in Columbus. And Yarmo did an interview, I believe yesterday after their first, um, no, Tuesday after their first practice. Um, and he said, like, this is, this is a whole team thing he, you know, he needed to address the team and he and Lars had conversations and I'm sure he's had conversations with the rest of the coaching staff and may have even had conversations with individual players, particularly like the leadership core. So Boone and Zach and Gus, like this is a top down problem that we're dealing with right now. And, um, It's also being hindered by now just a huge number of injuries. But what I think came out of this trip is a more cohesive feeling between the guys. I think getting to spend that large amount of time together consistently, even though the games didn't go the way we wanted to, You know, even though there were a lot of big feelings, I think having that opportunity and going through all of that together has really bonded them in a way that is a little bit different than when they left last Sunday. Because I think if you watched the game tonight against Philadelphia, I think you saw a different team, was it a perfect game? Absolutely not. Could this have been just like weird luck? Sure. But it was a different team on the ice tonight than we've seen even in the wins that we've gotten over the course of this early season. Like it just felt different. So I'm not, obviously we're not privy to, to those important conversations, but You know, when your old coach comes to town and says, you know, basically says, people who think that you should fire Larson are, like, insane, you know, even though, yes, he was his protege and all that sort of stuff, like, I trust John Tortorella's opinion on things, and I'm not in the class of people that wants to give Lars the boot right now he's only been the coach for a season and it's only been 13 games. And I just don't think there's anyone else out there right now that is available that could coach the team. And so in the meantime, if we were to fire Lars, uh, Pascal Vincent would be the head coach and not that there's anything wrong with him, but I don't think you're getting anything different out of that situation. So, you know, but that's just my opinion and kind of how things went here while you were gone um, was me trying to bite my tongue a lot on our social media um, to not alienate any fans. But there was just a lot of craziness. And I'm just not sure that we're we need to be there yet. I, I'm a fan of conversation. And I'm a fan of finding new direction together, but I'm not a fan of throwing in the towel because everyone who wants us to tank, absolutely not. You are not a real fan. If you're asking this team to tank 13 games in, do you know how long that season is?
0: Yeah. Think of your, think of, the people you know that do blue jackets podcasts, if you're hoping that this team like just like sails it in for the mails it in for the rest of the season, that's so mean to Laura and I and all of our other friends who do blue jackets podcasts. What the fuck are we going to talk about for 80 games in a season if this team is out here dogging it for and also to season. the
1: caliber of player that we have on our team? Like, I don't think as individuals, no, I, I don't know. think
0: it's about us, make this about us. No, uh, yes, it is about, about us because.
1: Absolutely not do I want to talk about a tanking season, but you know, I think, I don't think there's a single player on this team. And yes, this is going to sound kind of Homer, but like, I don't think there's a single player on this team that is in this league to tank a season.
0: Oh no, they're all proud guys. I mean, there's not a single, okay. I don't we don't have any fucking space to talk as Blue Jackets fans right now but there's not even a player on that Arizona Coyotes team that's hoping that they dog it for the whole season or right? like, the I mean, St. Like, Louis
1: Blues. The St. Louis they're Blues they're really not
0: hoping. That's a have bad lost time.
1: 7 games in a row. Actually, yeah, it might nine. be 8. They've lost 8 games in a row. There's not a single player on that team that is no. willing to and I don't remember what the kid's name is, but whatever kid's supposed to be the first round draft pick
0: oh, this coming summer
1: like I don't think he'd be super excited if he knew that the team got that got him in the end. And also, I think it's hilarious that some of you all think that we would actually end up with the first round draft pick. That has only ever happened once, and we had to trade for it. So, yeah. like, don't get your hopes up. Like, he's going to end up in Arizona. Like, But I don't think he would be super pumped. Because no, people know what you tank,
0: Louis. It's going to be stupid. He's going to end up somewhere stupid. It's going to be so dumb. I can already feel it in my bones.
1: And, like, the idea of tanking fucks up so much other stuff. Like, yeah. it just... It fucks up the franchise. And, you know, so many people complain that, like, you know, they want more things out of the franchise. Well, if the money's not coming in and people aren't coming to games because we're tanking. You're not getting stuff friends. Like things cost money. And like, I mean, I'm not going to cheer every time they lose a game by five goals. Like that's not what I'm talking about, but like to wish for a team to tank, just to get one prospective player who, again, prospects don't necessarily play. Their first, I know, Connor I know. Connor Bernard's
0: gonna play his first season. Connor Bernard is like a generational talent,
1: but I, you're not wrong. But yes, this is this is getting people to understand that draft picks in the NHL are not the same as draft picks in other sports. Like, so yeah, so I'm just I'm just not a fan of the idea of tanking to get one player that we don't even know that we would get because again, we would not end up with the first round draft pick like I don't think the league would allow it I think Gary Bettman would be like um no
0: (laughs) yeah I think the first overall draft pick would be would be absolutely groundbreaking and shocking for this team now am I okay with us like maybe finishing 10th and accidentally jumping up to one in a freak accident sounds great sounds awesome (laughs) I'm down for that that's that's dope but I'm with you I'm with you and um, I've got some thoughts on on this as well, Laura, that I'd like to share, but before I do that, I have to share some other information with the listeners and I think you might be on to what that is. Is it DraftKings? Yeah, I got to tell the folks a little bit about DraftKings because NFL Sundays are only getting better and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out! Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Place a same-game parlay and combine multiple bets, like which team will win, player props, and total points. Really, the possibilities are endless. If you think that Tom Brady is gonna go over to Germany, he's gonna throw four touchdowns. Go ahead, put some money down on it. If you think, you know, that your favorite team is gonna is gonna win, even though they're an underdog this week. Go ahead. See what you can win because with bigger payouts than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when I'm betting on the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and place a $5 bet pregame money line uh, to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And kind of going back and, and and kind of wrapping up this conversation about like what's next and whatever, and I think you can like even include tonight's game in this conversation because the other fact of the matter is like if you look at if you look at the game flow and if you look at the opportunities, like Philadelphia in a lot of moments in this game outplayed the Jackets. The the stories of this game have to be the way that Giannis Corposalo played. He saved over two, almost two and a half goals above expected. I mean, great work from him in that tonight. You've had Johnny Goudreau doing Johnny Goudreau shit and racking up three assists tonight, or three points, excuse me, one goal, two assists tonight. Boone Jenner knocked in two goals, one of which was, you know, with the the goalie in the net, the other not. And so then you had – I mean – Tonight was good in the sense that like I agree with you. Like it feel, felt like a different team. It felt like a team with fight in it. The team in Finland didn't feel that way. And I think when you think about the things that are wrong with this team at this point, I think it's really easy. And I, you know what? If they fired Brad Larson after the Finland trip, I don't think that people would have to do much convincing for me of like why that was the right decision. It, right. it honestly might have been to to do it and to just get it over with. But I I think that there is some reality to the fact that, like, what do you do if you do, right? You know, one guy who's been out there as being somebody who could potentially be available at this point in time is Barry Trotz, who, who has in his career been really great at making sure that teams are playing defensively sound hockey. You know, at times it's similar to Tortorella where – where he kind of stifles some of the skill of a player because he's, he's really conscious about a player's defensive capabilities. The reality of the situation folks is that, Barry Trotz does not want to be the head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. There's just no way. He wants to coach an original six franchise. He wants to coach in a place like that, or he wants to go into management. Period, point blank. He doesn't want to be the head coach of the Blue Jackets, and that's the end of that story. Also, I don't think we could afford him. Well, there's that, right? I mean, like that's the other thing that I don't think people think about very often. I mean, obviously, a coach is not making anywhere near what uh, a star player is making, obviously, right? Like, coaches are usually making anywhere between – 3 to $6 million a year. But, I mean, that's still money out of the ownership's pocket. That's not like that's free money. It's not Monopoly money. It does, it's it's real-ass money. It's not fake. And Brad Larson can promise you this, not getting paid with Barry Trotz would. So I think that you're exactly right in the sense, Laura, of like, okay, yeah, sure, fire Brad Larson, then Pascal Vincent's the head coach for the rest of the year, and then you reevaluate at the end of the season – and you wait until the NHL coaching carousel is alive and well, because if it's anything like what it was last year, holy shit, it's going to be crazy. And will Brad Larson – I mean, like, obviously, like there were 13 games into the season, right? Like, there is, it is irresponsible to say whether or not for certain that Brad Larson's going to be back again next year. But it's one of those things where, like, you can tell me one way or the other that it happens. But I think waiting until the end of the year makes the most sense because you put yourself in the best situation to – to snag a guy in the coaching carousel that makes sense for your team. But I think you have to, I think this team has to show Yarmo Kekalainen that they're ready to compete, right? Like, I don't think that Brad Larson, like, for what it's worth, right? Like we've said countless times, and I've said it to you that I think that Brad Larson should technically be a good coach for a rebuild or retool or whatever have you to help develop players and that once this team feels like they're ready to take that next step into being a contender and not just making the playoffs, but making deep runs in the playoffs, maybe you decide that Brad Larson isn't the coach to get them to that final destination. And that's fine. Like that sucks for Brad, but like, that's fine. And if this team doesn't show you that that's where they're at, then I don't know why you get rid of Brad right away. And maybe I'm wrong. And maybe like, and I hear the argument too, like does firing Brad Larson do exactly what you said, Laura? And does it make it so they don't tank? Right. Does it, Does it flip things? And and maybe that's possible, but I, I think it's, I wouldn't do it right now.
1: Well, and I think that in last summer or not this past summer, but the summer before when Lars became coach and we started the whole rebuild, retool, restructure, whatever you want to call it. I think that that was kind of the thought was that Lars was going to be the coach to get through the, like, Two or three rough seasons, like as this team comes together to the true competitor that Yarmo and management are building the team to be. And I think, again, and we've you know talked about this you know at length, but I think, again, you have to look at the expectation of the fan versus what the actual expectation that management and that the team and all that sort of stuff are setting behind closed doors. Because again, Johnny Goudreau was not ever a part of this plan. Johnny Goudreau fell into the Columbus Blue Jackets lap. So his signing did not signal the end of this rebuild. Because if you look at the structure of this team, we are still rebuilding. We do not have proper center depth. We do not have we you don't know have a,
0: any center depth.
1: We don't have any center depth.
0: <laughs> it's not proper. We don't have any
1: We <laughs> don't one. have a strong enough defensive core because I don't know if you've ever watched a Stanley Cup um championship, but you kind of need not our defensive lineup in order to win at that caliber of play. Like, are we gathering the pieces that are going to become and what they're going to build the very competitive version of the Blue Jackets around? Absolutely. But there's still a ways to go. And again, I think we we have to hearken back to expectation versus reality. And like, yeah, it's never fun to watch your t- your team not play well, but to expect that with one sign, I guess we'll call it two signings because of Patrick agreeing to sign his extension. But if you're going to consider two signings in a 23 man roster, like the savior circumstances in your one year into a rebuild then you're not like it's it's not like that's just unrealistic and so that's why I go with like I don't think it's the right call right now to fire Lars because anyone else of any not that he's not a good coach that's not what I'm saying but any other kind of coach that like the fans or whatever would expect like a Barry Trotz at this point they're not really gonna want to come to Columbus because they're not gonna wanna be a part of this process. They're gonna want more pieces to have come together before they take it over. So there's just no options right now. And we need to wait for options because that's where being patient is going to serve us better overall.
0: Can I ask you a stir the pot question? Sure. Which, if you haven't seen Dennis's gif of him like literally stirring a pot, it's so stupid. Whenever he posts (laughs) it, it's so dumb. But it does it, it does tickle me. Like I think it's kind of funny. But my stir the pot question to you is we have had conversations on this show, and we haven't really had this conversation in a while because it hasn't really been a point of conversation. But we have talked in the past that it seems like the Blue Jackets have played better in front of certain goaltenders than others. Mm-hmm. I, how do you think this team played in front of Corpy tonight?
1: Better than they played in front of him when they were in Finland.
0: Well, yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah, that team just literally didn't show up. But it was fascinating right. It was fascinating, and I, I, it's it's just one of those things that you wonder. Like you hear all the talk, like as you know, players are excited. I think that Corpy is back. I I think Mm. I think that can exist outside of a conversation about Elvis and like any potential things that are going on with with media and with anything else, right? Like guys are excited that Corpy is back, and I wonder how much of of that is you know trickling into the way that they play in front of him obviously didn't happen in on Saturday in Finland but you've got to wonder if for one who starts the next game I think it's hard to take the net away from Corby right now wouldn't you
1: yeah I think again you follow but again we fall into the line of like yes cool with follow a hot hand and you know give since this is tonight was literally corby's third game second at nhl level Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so like yes give him like if you're feeling confident about him going into new york like absolutely but and this isn't just me saying this because you know that i'm a fan of elvis i don't think that it's an opportune time
0: to give up on Elvis either. I don't think give up. I don't think that that's what I'm trying to say here. I think what I'm wondering more of is like, here's the reality of the situation. Like whether, whether we're happy about it, sad about it, like wherever you stand in the Elvis conversation, whether you're Laura and you're a pretty big Elvis fan maybe you're somebody like me who finds yourself just hoping that whoever the starting goaltender for the blue Dragons is, is great. Or maybe you're, maybe you're an Elvis defector. I don't know. Like where, as you listen to this, I don't know where you stand, but I think the reality of the situation is we entered the season with a pretty clear understanding that Elvis was the starting goaltender and that Corby would back him up. The reality of the situation at the start of this season is that, Elvis's play has opened the door for Corpy to make things interesting. That is just the reality. And if Corpy can keep playing in a way that keeps making people ask these questions, I think things are going to get way more gray than they're going to get black and white. And I think that we might find ourselves back into a situation where you're not sure what, the future in that looks like in Columbus. And that's a product, and he's gonna have to play lights out. Like, Corpy's gonna have to play lights out for that to be the reality. But we are closer to square one with Elvis and Corpy today than we were at the start of the season. I think it's really hard to deny that.
1: Yeah, I think that we're going into a similar situation when Torts was very clear that it was gonna be a 50-50 goalie tandem. Between the two of them. Like, because obviously, Corpy is coming back from a very serious injury. Because he even said, like, he was pretty sore after the game on Saturday. He is undoubtedly pretty sore after tonight's game. And they have to watch that. Like, he is still very much so in that recovery window from that hip surgery. So, like, you also have to... They're also going to have to keep in mind of that because they don't want to overextend him because he's just going to injure himself again. But then they also don't want to ice Elvis for too long because goalies particularly, like, the longer that they don't play, the harder it is for them to, like, be in any sort of rhythm. And I know that Elvis has had some, like, kind of combative interviews as of late because he is frustrated with his own play he was frustrated with the team and I know that that didn't sit well with some people and because he's just as straightforward as Patty is it just for some reason Elvis strikes people differently than when Patty says things but like it's a complicated situation as far as goaltending is considered. I mean, there were people saying they were wondering if Manny Legacy was going to have a job when the Blue Jackets landed in Columbus because goaltending has been such an issue across the board. And But it's also like a point of contention with the rest of the team where it's like regardless of who we have in net, whether it's Corpy or Elvis or Tarasov or Jack Greaves, like, the team needs to play in front of them consistently. Like, I'm over the moon with Corpy getting back into like Corpy style and fashion. Like, I even tweeted it from our account tonight that, like, absolutely, the Corpy that was in net tonight was the Corpy we've all, we all know and love. Like, that's exactly what we expect to see from him. But again, with expectation versus reality. I think fans of this team are so up and down when it comes to goaltending that like the second a goaltender doesn't, you know, stop every single shot in a game, then that goaltender needs to be traded and they're garbage and they're whatnot. And again, this isn't me saying that Elvis, it was a one-game situation. There is something going on with Elvis and his game that they need to figure out, that he needs to figure out. Although I'm not denying that in the slightest. And I don't think Elvis would deny that either. And the team's not denying that. But it's this like jump to, con- like, to too far of a conclusion when one game doesn't go the right way. Because both games in Finland didn't go our way. So, and both of them played a game. So I just think it's going to become more of a 50-50 situation because Lars isn't going to want to sit Elvis for forever because he'll burn out Corpy. and Cleveland needs Tarasov right now and Tarasov needs Cleveland.
0: I was going to say Tarasov needs Cleveland more than Cleveland needs Tarasov because yes. I think that that's a key key element of this goaltending situation too is, is obviously you've got a 1-2 here. You know, I honestly don't know where we're going to end up on who's the one and who's the two in the next month or two. Right. But and hopefully that means- made, hopefully that made sense. What I was saying. Oh, it but- did. It did. I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, like, I think that like there is validity in like recognizing that a goaltender seems off of their game, even if the team in front of them is playing like shit too. Right. Like, I mean, like there is like, and, and this is just like, it's easier I think to when you have like games of back-to-back nights like I think it's easier to, to compare those games right like in the game like in the game against Colorado on Friday that Elvis started right like Elvis was okay to start and it just you you could tell like when the, the when the switch flipped, in his confidence on the ice, and you could tell because he started getting jumpy. He started making plays. He started coming all the way out of the crease and trying and doing that on two-on-ones, trying to take away angles when you don't really see that happen all too often, except for on break. Like I mean, like doing things that like you could tell were out of character and things like that. Corby, on the other hand, on Saturday to me was obviously getting shelled. Was not getting any help from his defense. And, and, I mean, hell, the first – I mean, 33 seconds into the game on Saturday, the two-on-one, the first shot he faces of the season, it's a goal. And so – but you didn't really see, like, a, a, a shake in confidence. Like, there wasn't, like – Corpy wasn't very twitchy, and Corpy wasn't, very like, overreactive to things. Like, Corpy stayed home in a lot of, in a lot of moments. And you could tell that, like, if we're talking confidence – you can tell which, which goaltender has it right now. And that doesn't necessarily mean that Elvis can't find it and that he won't find it, but it means that we are currently looking for it. (laughs) Hopefully we find it soon. Um, You know, there are other things that I think of when I think of like where this team is at right now and the challenges that it faces that, you know, I start thinking about, so, so tonight, First is a prime example. First game of the season for Emil Bemstrom. Emil Bemstrom leading the AHL in points, or tied for the league lead in points in the AHL. You know, as of yesterday, I think there are a handful of games yesterday, so that might not necessarily be true. But at the time he was called up, he was tied for the lead league in points. And and he had the most.
1: He had the most shots. On goal tonight, he had seven shots on yeah, goal. Yeah,
0: he was he was confident. Like he was, I think that there's like a confidence to his game that maybe hasn't always been present. And so I I think getting him up there is great. The other counter that I have to that, and this could be a little bit of an inflammatory statement, is why is Ken Johnson playing in Columbus right now? And here is my well, argument. Well, technically, he's not. Well, he's hurt. Yes. <laughs> yes. But. But I get it that he's got the second most goals. He's got three goals so far on the season. When he's playing really well, he's, like, not not looking bad. And I don't even say this as an indictment to his play. I mean, like, I, I wouldn't say that he's not in the top 12 of the forward group in Columbus right now. But for the same reason that you just said that Tarasov needs Cleveland, I think in some ways Kent Johnson needs Cleveland, right? Like if we're talking about the development of a player, if we're going to act, if we're going to bag it this year, and if we're going to not be good, like I don't want our young stars developing in in a losing culture. Like that's like the last thing that I want. And maybe I'm overreacting and I'm okay with that. I think when you're on a podcast and you have a microphone in front of your face, it gives you permission to overreact. And I think I'm doing that right now, potentially. But if you know that Cleveland is going to be moderately decent this year, they're playing a little bit over 500. They've been able to score at will. They look like they could be competitive in the North division this year. I would love for our young guys to be able to play hockey that might mean something in their development. I think it's part of the reason I've said it on our show before that. I think that that group that made multiple playoff runs with the blue jackets, such as Zach Orensky and Oliver Bjork strand and all those guys, like just dropped my phone. I think part of that is because of the playoff run in the Calder cup championship that they won in Cleveland. Like you learn how to win together that's a massive thing. You can't just teach that. You can't just teach a winning culture to somebody. You have to be a part of one, and so for. And I mean, like, I think about that with anybody who's waiver eligible, like, or not waiver eligible, I should say. Like, we I'm not saying you send coal cylinder down, but like, what's the point?
1: <laughs> well, be- and I think, sorry to cut you off, but I, I think in terms of Kent. Yes, he is playing up with the big club and yes, he does have three goals on the season, but like he's not exactly playing a lot of minutes.
0: Right. And
1: like he could play some really good minutes in Cleveland and like I kind of th- <laughs> and I was thinking about this when I when I texted you earlier. Um, because our our beloved friend Kyle Bucket hat bucket hat Kyle just absolutely loves Krill Marchenko, just loves him to pieces. And like I get it. Krill's doing like really well in Cleveland. But you know, Kyle is a little frustrated that they haven't called Krill up to to play in Columbus. And some of that is because of like positions that we need filled, but like I kind of think that that's what they're doing with him is that they know that he can get so much development in Cleveland. And like, so in these opportunities where they're like, "Hmm, do we need to pull him out of that opportunity in order to have like a so-so opportunity in Columbus? Like, I think that they're having a little bit more of those conversations. Again, not that we're tanking, not that they want us to tank, but it's so much of a spider web that you have to deal with when it comes to your player's development, either as rookies or prospects all the way up to your veterans. Like it's just, it's such a spider web of like what you do with each person. And so with Kent, like I I do think, and especially in this moment right now where he's like banged up, like I think once he's feeling like, back up to par, it would be a great decision to send him to Cleveland for a little while to just, like, get some really good minutes, get some, like, good confidence. Not that he doesn't have it, because I do believe that Kent Johnson is an incredibly confident individual for being 19. Um, Like... But it would just be good for him. I don't think that they're gonna do it with Cole because of Cole having
0: dramatic with Cole. No, I
1: know. I do I don't think it's a bad idea, but they're not gonna do it because he played his whole first season in the NHL.
0: He hasn't looked great this season though. Like that's like I mean
1: definitely having a sophomore slump situation. Um you know, there's there's just there's some things that are different in his personal life that may also be.
0: We can't blame this on Tate McRae. We can't. Blame
1: it. <laughs> we, we might can't blame be able to. Um, uh oh. But you know, it's just he's having a very sophomore slump thing. But I think that they're they're more willing to allow him to work through those things in Columbus, and they want to send him down to Cleveland like but I mean look at what it's done for Emil Bemstrom like he's even said in the interviews this week since he got called up like he has so much more confidence and like he and he poor guy and I know this is because of people like us who have shit on him for so long but he's like I actually feel like I might be a good hockey player again. And that could be a language (laughs) barrier situation, but like, you know, he, he was really getting the shit kicked out of him as a part of the blue jackets. And like, you know, now he's had a little bit, do I think he's going to stay up with the team for like the rest of the season? Not necessarily. Um, But it is nice to see that it, actually does help when you send them down to cleveland to get and maybe we should stop saying call it sending it down because i think that's where people think it's like shitty to play in cleveland cleveland is good y'all like it's it's a fun team to watch and it's you know it's not a punishment as i've said before but
0: and a majority of players in this league have played in the AHL. Like, it's not uncommon. Like, it's a very common practice for, for NHLers to have played in the AHL. Yes. so Because
1: it's levels. It's just like going to school. You started elementary. You moved to middle school. You go to high school. Like, it's levels. It's not, like... It's okay, friends, if someone plays in Cleveland.
0: It sure is. It sure is.
1: It's, it's really okay.
0: Well, and speaking of people who are playing in Cleveland, there are a couple of people who play in Cleveland right now that will more than likely be playing in Columbus soon because if there was one thing that was true about this game against Philadelphia, it was that our defensemen were at risk of bodily harm. <laughs> and... Bodily harm they found. Uh, Eric Branson, you know, was was boarded and you know got got dinged up pretty good. And then the bigger issue and and the bigger thing. So like currently, what we know about Eric Branson is that that looks like it could be more of a day to day situation. And so we'll obviously keep a lookout on him.
1: Yeah, hopefully. he definitely got he definitely got stitches, um yeah. but I think that there may have been a either concussion and or, like, fracture situation being considered yeah. based on the hit to his face. Um, because for Stitches, and if they pass concussion protocol, he normally would have come back to the game, and he did not. Um, yeah,
0: the the only thing that would... Unless, like, swelling just got stupid, normally yes. you're back in the game.
1: Um. But as you as you were alluding to is the bigger bigger issue. Yeah. Is that shortly after Zach Karensky scored his goal this evening, um he took a pretty significant fall into the boards. It
0: was what's up with our guys in the boards and and just like not Remember that's how Seth Jones broke his ankle a few years ago. Well, and that was kind of how Patrick Lyon, sprained his elbow at the start of the season.
1: Um, But based on Lars's post game interview, he said, it's not good. It's not good at all. Um, In regards to Zach, it appears to be a shoulder injury based on how he was leaving the ice and walking down the tunnel. My biggest concern is that it's the shoulder that he had surgery on two summers ago um, and that we could be seeing
0: Zach out for
1: a pretty long time.
0: I mean, you know, if there's one thing that I've gotten good at knowing about the Blue Jackets and injuries, it's that a shoulder injury when it gets to be severe can be a six-month injury shout out and thank you to Gus Nyquist, Josh Anderson. (laughs) Like, like thank you all for like teaching me Max Domi and even Zach Korensky. Thank you for teaching me that over the course of your careers. But yeah, I mean, the hope obviously is that it's not that serious, but the reality is like, you're not a coach saying something like that. If like, you don't think that that's a real distinct possibility. And so, you know, we we have some precedent here for knowing kind of who has been called up when and, and kind of what that pecking order is out of Cleveland. I mean, it kind of looks like David Yurichek is kind of your seventh up and that Gavin Bayreuther has been your eighth. But might I raise you a Marcus Bjork? <laughs> might I might I raise you a him? Perhaps. Perhaps I might. Um, God, I see, um, see your
1: Gavin Bayreuther and I raise you a Marcus Bjork. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you gotta wonder, like, at some point, like, I mean, he's playing pretty well in Cleveland. You've gotta wonder at some point, like, when he gets the look. I mean, he's on, if I'm not mistaken, a one-way deal. So it's like, if you're gonna pay him his NHL money when he's playing in the AHL, like, what the hell? Like, call him up and see what he can do. I'm not against it, like, at this point like you're down i mean realistically you're down we played with we played with three and a half defensemen tonight yeah what the hell's going on with gabby is gabby okay like he probably is like i got the impression that like he's gonna be fine but maybe too like he he's like in the middle of the ice like oh it's two minutes to go in the game like after a hit like doesn't play the rest of the game, which again, there are two minutes left, but still, I mean, like, it's like, what the hell is going on?
1: Yeah. We're about to become two versions of ourselves, like the Columbus broken jackets, as well as the Columbus blue monsters, because, you know, not only are we having these situations on defense, but you know, today, you know, Voracek is out day to day uh, Kent Johnson is out day-to-day. And then Sean Corally is out day-to-day. Sean Corrales probably has a concussion, so who knows how long that is going to take. Jake Vortec seems like a much more serious situation, as they have stated that he may be more than day-to-day, and it might actually be an indefinitely sort of situation. So our friendly ginger giant may... Be on the back burner for a while and Kent Johnson is just like more so precautionary because he just got dinged up a lot in Europe so um, but yeah so now we have you know obviously we pulled up um, Emil Bemstrom and and Gauntz today like to fill those roles but like if this pattern keeps continuing a lot more of them monsters are going to be playing this for the big leagues up.
0: If this shit keeps up, Jarmo's going to give us a phone call. Um, yep. I
1: I can't even walk on ice. You know what happened. <laughs> I think you'd figure out how to do
0: some shit for $750,000 a year. That's true. I would. <laughs> I would also. I would also figure out how to do some shit. But, uh, you know, some news and notes from across the league that I think we might touch on next week. We, we've been here for a little over an hour, just kind of catching up on the Blue Jackets stuff. I think, knock on wood... Make sure that I'm not a piece of shit at some point. In theory, we're back to two episodes a week. We're just hitting the second episode of the week today. And we'll return to our regularly scheduled programming next week with two episodes, which is exciting. If you all have ideas, before Laura gets into the plugs, we've been looking at the Blue Jackets schedule (laughs) (laughs) These bastards play so many games on Tuesdays and Fridays, which sometimes makes us like previewing games a little bit, a little bit difficult in the sense of they become pretty irrelevant pretty fast. So, if you all have an idea for content that is evergreen and is something that you could listen to after a Blue Jackets win, loss, whatever have you, and you don't feel like you're listening to something redundant. Let us know what that is. We would love to know more about what you want to hear from us.
1: We also want to give listeners like plenty of time to listen to podcasts, to our podcast episodes and so like for us like tonight for instance, um uh, we're recording after the Thursday game against Philadelphia obviously, but like we contemplated recording last night and releasing today on a game day, but it's like the episode would have been out for 5 hours before the game started and then someone on a Friday is not going to be like super interested in listening to an episode that existed, you know, that would have been just like the depressing stuff from Finland. Like it wouldn't have included, you know, the somewhat exciting, but also terrifying moments from this evening. Um, But so, yeah. So any ideas for content that you might have, we have a few things in mind and like, obviously we're, we are working behind the scenes to, like, plan some things. But if, you know, there's certain things that you would like to hear from us, please send them our way.
0: Yes, and Laura, you are exactly the person to tell them how they send that our way.
1: I am. But before I do that, I am going to say, just quickly, Torts did come back for the first time oh, to Columbus yeah. tonight. <laughs> yeah. um, so, obviously he did, he did press before the game and, you know, talked very lovingly about returning to Columbus and, you know, said specifically like he and his wife has always really loved Columbus. Um They have so many good memories and friends here. So he was excited to be back in the building. Um He said a lot of really lovely things about Lars um, and just like, you know, came in as towards like, very focused for his new team and, and whatnot. Um, but during the the second commercial break of the first period, uh, they did a lovely tribute video, uh, to him for all the things that he did in his tenure with Columbus. And, uh, he did get a little, a little emotional at the end of it. And it just, you know, warmed my heart a little. Um, you know, we, We love torts. Um, We knew it was his time to go, though, and um, we will be forever grateful for all the things that he was able to do with this team, but um, he did not do post-game press, (laughs) like, at all. Like, he just left. Um, So he was not as a happy-go-lucky about the results of the game as he was coming in. But, hey, he'll get a second opportunity next Tuesday, um, because Philadelphia will be back in Columbus on Tuesday. Uh, yes. And then also, um, Cam was here, but not playing. Cam hasn't played the entire season. He has a pretty significant injury. Um, I actually think I heard today that he's been living in Columbus because of his injury. So, but he did skate today with the Flyers. Um, But some people were like, oh, that's just because he's here. So, (laughs) um, but I, you know, we, I love Cam. Jeremy does too, but I love him most. And so hopefully he is back, you know, on the ice again soon. Um, But it was nice to see him on the ice and him and his big smile to all the press and stuff today. But so, yeah, so those were just our little, our little notes. We love torts and it was nice to see him back in nationwide even if it was behind the opponent's bench
0: yes that will take some getting used to and uh folks it happens again next week so yeah, I guess, yeah you're gonna it's like deja yeah, vi- kind of yeah get used to it and hopefully the result is the same on the ice but um you know i guess i guess we'll be able to talk about that here in a couple of days because uh that's gonna be here before we know it the jackets in new york like you mentioned playing the islanders that's the one game out of the next well i guess now next seven that are being played away from nationwide arena so a lot of home games coming up you got to try to get as many points as you can out of this stretch if you want to keep things going in a positive direction and so you know you'll you'll be able to follow along to all of our thoughts as those happen on saturday and then obviously we'll have a new episode out for you on tuesday but laura In the meantime, where can the good folks get all of the Subjectively Speaking content?
1: Yes, you can follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at SubjectivelyPod. You can follow us on Facebook at Subjectively Speaking. Uh, If you want all of the links to things that I'm going to talk about in this little blurb or to learn more about the two of us, you can check out our website, subjectivelyspeaking.com. If you want to support your two favorite hockey podcasters and help us with a few of the bigger things that we want to accomplish over this season and get some super cool, uh, merch in, in exchange, you can visit our merch store subjectivelymerch.com. Um, it's got some cool designs. I don't know. Does it have all of our stuff? Yeah. Um,
0: my wifi on my plane didn't work the entire time back until okay. probably two hours left in the flight. So the merch store did not get updated, unfortunately. That but is
1: okay. So it, could be it's a weekend task. Hey, there we go. So yes, currently it has our uh, Here's Johnny as well as our classic uh, podcast logo with a lot of different things that you can get it on. Um, and then lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe to whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, uh, particularly if you're listening on Apple Podcasts um, scroll on down, hit five stars. It is our favorite number. And again, we don't know how these algorithms work. Uh, we just know that subscriptions and likes and comments and stars and all that sort of stuff helps us get noticed in the hockey podcast charts and helps us to build, uh, this incredible little community of ours. So we just love and appreciate you all so much.
0: Now I do. And if, if, if there could not be a better way for us to end a show, it's by reiterating to you all that it does not matter what time we record a show, what day we record a show, whenever anything happens, the Blue Jackets always find a way to hose us. And they're going to do it again because just three minutes ago at 12.04 AM, Aaron line tweeted that the Blue Jackets have made two late night recalls from Cleveland in the wake of the injuries of Zach Wierenski and Erica Branson Story posting shortly to the athletic site, so we don't know who the fuck those players are. Aaron line does, and I guess we'll tweet about it when it happens. But um, they
1: are quickly making the drive down to Columbus, so then get their ass on a plane tomorrow. <laughs> man,
0: that is uh, leave it, leave it to this. Oh my god never fail so yeah follow us on twitter so you can see when we retweet who is coming up from Cleveland but until we get a chance to talk to you all next time make sure you take care of yourselves make sure you take care of one another and we'll talk to you all on Tuesday bye